Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and my listeners get the secret backstory behind every book. Joining me today is a wonderful children's book author. Her name is Linda Harkey, and she's here to talk about her latest book, Hickory Doc's Tales, The Pack, First Generation. Linda loves dogs and teaching children. Her experiences as a mother, a school teacher, a volunteer docent, and a hunting dog owner have inspired her to write the award-winning children's book series, Hickory Doc's Tales. She worked as a volunteer docent at two outstanding museums in Oklahoma, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum in Oklahoma City and the Thomas Gilcrease Institute of American History and Art in Tulsa. During her tenure at the museums, she helped develop curricula for children's programs and she gave countless presentations to children. Now, Linda's also, in addition to writing seven children's books, she's an award winner. Some of her awards include the 2021 Firebird Book Award for Children's Early Readers, the 2020 International Book Awards Finalist for Children's Fiction, the 2019 Purple Dragonfly Book Contest First Place in Animals and Pets, the 2019 American Fiction Award Finalist in Juvenile Fiction, 2019 American Book Fest Best Book Awards Finalist Children's Educational, and the 13th Annual National Indie Excellence Award finalist. Linda, what a resume. Such a pleasure to have you as a guest today on Books on Air. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for asking me, Suzanne. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I have to tell you, now don't tell anybody, but I have this this real soft spot in my heart for children's book authors. I think that they are extraordinary special people, because not only do you have to have an idea for a book, and not only do you have to be able to bring that idea down so that children can understand it, but if they're not interested, then what difference does it make? Children's book authors have the most amazing qualities. They're able to take that information, make it children-friendly, and make it interesting, and make it something that children want. So I am in awe of what you do, Linda. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Bless you. Let, let's travel I'm back. I'm pleased to be here. Well, it's just it's so much fun for me to talk to people like you. I want to travel back in time a little. Let's go back to when you were young. Now, authors begin to write for a lot of different reasons. Some authors will be a reader, and a particular book will inspire them, and they'll begin to write. Or sometimes there's a teacher or a professor, and they assign a paper, and all of a sudden they recognize some spark in a student, and they'll encourage that writing spark that they see. Sometimes writers write because there's a a seminal event that happens in their lives that inspires them, and they, they feel like they have to share that event. What's the story behind Linda Harkey? How did you first start writing? Um, Well, Suzanne, I've always loved animals. And I think one of the reasons I started writing many years ago was because my husband and I started collecting, not collecting, but we began to have a lot of hunting dogs. 
he loved to go out and hunt um, with the dogs themselves. And to me, um, not only with the teaching background that I had, but also the love of the animals that I have, I wanted to do, I wanted to write down some of those situations so that children could enjoy the books and still they would have life lessons through the books and they would learn about people and animals and everything else in life. And that's kind of where I started. I started many years ago um, and I've just carried it on and on. So you were initially drawn to writing children's fiction. Yes, absolutely. I think that's so interesting. Books always have two stories. There's the story that the reader gets from the book. Now, I've I've read the first book, and I really noticed some things about the characters, and I'm curious about how that first book came to be. How did Hickory Dock's tales come into being? Where did those dogs come from? Well, they were our dogs, and sometimes we would have five and six of them. And the very first book, Doc is a main character, and Doc is composed of two of our short hair pointers. One was Bud, and one was Rocky. And then Zeke, the next character, which is actually um, Doc's younger brother, he's the one that always was so sophisticated in, in a way. I mean, he always thought he was better than Doc. And when you deal with animals and when you see different things that they do, it's fun to try and put it into a book. I wanted the memory of the animals, if you want to the honest truth. Um, my animals mean a lot, and each and every one of them that we've had has has always, you know, done a great deal of things. I've, we had one that was a three-legged dog, and Deacon loved to chew the binding off a book. And I always, you know, I, I mean, I'm serious about this. He chewed the binding off hunting books. He chewed the binding off of my art books when I was a docent at the, at, at the museum. And so in one of the books, I've actually got a little saying from Deacon. He says, that's the way, you know, you can learn about books by simply chewing off the binding. So, and it is. You know, and those are, there are so many funny experiences with the dogs, and humorous experiences. And with the children, um, many years ago when I did, when I was a docent, we, inter- not entertained, I should say, but we had all of the first graders, Gilcrease Museum, in the summertime, we would sponsor all the first graders that came through. And it was actually through the school year, too. And it was called Any Given Child Program. And through those children, those first graders, when I would put them in front of a painting, I could use both um, their visual acuity, if you want to say say that, and also just having them write the story through the paintings. And so that's sort of what I like to do. And I like to do, I love to go to schools, and we'll walk through the book. In other words will take a walk through one of my books that we're reading. And I actually have the children go from corner to corner, and we'll talk about a certain portion of the book, and I will have a visual um, illustration for them, so to speak, Suzanne. So I like to kind of combine all of that. 
one of the things I really liked, it's so funny that you're talking about this, because one of the things I really liked was in the description of the pack, I took note of, of several things. First of all, how specific the descriptions were of each particular dog. And there are eight dogs in the pack. Each one of the dogs is very individual. Each one has a particular personality quirk or a particular personality characteristic. And I, I loved that. And it's eight dogs, one crow, and two humans, <laughs> which I just thought was great. Bless your heart. Let's talk well, about... Willie the Crow... Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go no, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Willie the Crow is a very interesting um, crow. We had um, a friend um, that we knew, and she actually had a crow that would come into the house and peck on the refrigerator door, and then she would give the crow. And I'm, this is a, this is a true story. Crows are really smart. So I took that idea and made Willie the Crow one of the good friends of the dogs because children children are the kind that love. Everybody. I mean, they love all kinds of friends. And so my dogs also love all kinds of friends, such as a crow, Willie the Crow. There's an armadillo in one of the stories, and he's a pretty smart armadillo, as a matter of fact. And then there's, there's also a skunk, and there's also Pete the porcupine. So I've tried to use animals just as children would have good friends in some of their experiences. And because I had so many dogs, we like I say, we've had over 30 dogs in our lifetime. Each dog, if you're with dogs, our dogs can go in and out of the house. They're like, they are our family, quite honestly. And so I know their personalities. I could tell you a story about, um, oh, Ness, uh, one of our dogs, um, Nassau. We had two black labs at different times, Newt and then Nassau. Nassau loved uh, deviled eggs, and so did Bud, which is Doc, and also Zeke. And so one day in the kitchen, and this is a true story, one day in the kitchen, and I also put it in a book, but one day in the kitchen, I was giving the dogs deviled eggs. And all of a sudden, I came to the last deviled egg. And that did something, because all three dogs started fighting in the kitchen. And so it was... <laughs> that, is a, that is a true story. I did not have um, um, garden hose like to, you know, calm them down by turning it on. And so we had, it was quite, uh, it was quite an ordeal. And in the story, I, I have the dogs going to the vet and they have those, um, I don't know what you call those little things around them. They're collars. And the dogs have to learn to deal with that for a while. So there's, there's so many stories, Suzanne. And if, and if your audience and or you have had animals, um, you're very familiar with things that they do. And a lot of their characteristics are similar to people. You're absolutely right. And I couldn't agree with you more. You become so attached to an animal, we all personify them. You know, it's funny. I've started during this pandemic. I think I've watched more television than I've ever watched. And I have to say that I've discovered all of those shows on the animal planet, the zoo shows and the um, veterinarian shows that talk about, you know, and so everyone, every single person, when the zookeepers talk about the animals in the zoo, 
they talk about them in terms of endearment, and they talk about exactly what you just said, the individual characteristics of the animals and how it's not just a group of monkeys. It's Mary and Joe and Fred and Sam monkeys. And it's the same with the veterinarians. And when you see the veterinarians and they talk to the, the people who own the animal, they all say exactly what you just said. It's a member of my family. And you can sometimes the men have been the ones that have just surprised me. There was I saw the other day there was a, a big orange and black and white cat whose name was Baby, believe it or not. And the man who was holding this cat was just distraught because Baby was losing weight and there were these blah, blah, blah wrong with him. And he just, Baby is my baby. And we all feel that way about our animals. And I, I love hearing you say that. And I love the fact that you've taken real stories about your animals and real personalities from your animals and put them in the book. Let's give an overview of what Hickory Docks Tales really is about. Well, it's got, I've got six chapters, I mean nine chapters, and it's, uh, it's all about each of the dogs actually has a chapter in which, in which I go into more detail with that particular dog. Um, in the very first chapter about Big Bad Carl, um, Doc has a daughter, Patch, and Zeke, his younger brother, is so particular. He doesn't like to get in water. He doesn't like to get money. But in the story, Zeke goes and helps Patch. And to make a long story short, the children are going to learn life lessons, uh, good and bad, and basically how they're supposed to act, you know, react, they learn that from each of the stories. And I think if I were to say, what is your main thing about your book, Hickory Docks Tales, I would say it is um, the love of the various animals with each other and for each other and with the different circumstances that they're in. Uh, when my husband hunts, and that's one of the things that comes out of here. I don't really talk about the hunting itself because my husband used to, when he hunted birds, it was more about the dogs. It was more about the relationship between the hunter and the animals. And the dogs would get into trouble. They would find skunks. They would do all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and I guess my book is I want children to sit down, and that's elementary school-age children, and whether they read the book, whether they can read the book or someone reads it to them. I want them to get um, the humor out of it, teachable tales out of it, life lessons out of it, and I want, it to, I want them to be happy with the book and with the animals and to learn more about the animals. And I think, basically, that's what I started out to do. Um, and I hope that I've accomplished that with, with the children about learning because all of each of these stories, and if you've read, I don't know which one you read, Suzanne, I can't remember what you said, but each one has some very interesting tales and life lessons in it for the children. And I think right now, Linda, books like yours are so important for kids and for adults because 
school has been such a nightmare for everybody for the last, what, two years almost. And I know a lot of parents are homeschooling their children. And I think these books that you have written, especially Hickory Dock's Tales, would be a terrific book for either a, a elementary school teacher to use or a homeschool teacher to use because you could take this as a former teacher myself I always tend to and I don't know how this happens I think once you teach you just never see things exactly the same way again but as I was reading through the descriptions of the dogs and as I was reading the book I thought you know you could take this and look at for example, Deacon is a German short-haired pointer. Well, where does his breed come from? And how is his breed described? And then you look, I mean, you've got several short-haired pointers. You have several different breeds. So you could actually get the kids to look up the countries that they came from. You could involve them. I mean, dog shows, they could look at the dog shows so that they could actually see what those dogs look like. My brain just goes crazy when I start thinking about these kinds of things. And I think not only have you given them a really good story, but you are presenting important life lessons and you're reinforcing some things that maybe you didn't even really think about because you're introducing kids to different breeds of dogs that they may never have heard of. So kudos to what you've done. I love the books. I think they're just wonderful. Bless you. And can I say another thing? You can say anything you want to. Okay. <laughs> I also, when you just said that and you spoke it, that was wonderful, the way you said it, very eloquent. Um, um, when I go to the schools, in some of the classes, and I'm going to do this in January this year, we actually pick out, uh, like New Mexico, the state of New Mexico, the children, we give them like so many animals that they can pick maybe five or six from that. And then they learn to actually write a story. They have an illustration on one side, and they have a story on the other side of the book. And then we actually publish it for the children. There is a publishing company that does that for the schools. And uh, the children research the animals, i.e. like it's a bear or an elk or whatever. And they take two animals only for their story, so it's not too complicated. And they become one of the animals, and they're the protagonist or the main character in that little story. And then the other animal is the antagonist, the one sort of like uh, Doc and Zeke. Zeke is the antagonist because he's the one that has some of the problems that he causes for his older brother, Doc. And Doc is the main character who is the oldest and the wisest um, uh, German short hair pointer. And they came from Germany. I, I, you know, that, I'm glad you mentioned that. So the children learn about the animals, like you said, and they learn the life lessons. And so um, I'm glad, you know, that you mentioned that because it, it gives me a chance to say I've done this at several different schools, and I may take like eight days, one hour a day, and go into the classroom. I'm going to do it in January with third graders, fourth graders, and fifth graders, and I'm going to take two weeks. And we go in and we pick out the animals. They go and research the animals, and we talk about their personality traits, their character traits, and then they learn about the 
the animals, and they actually write a little story. And sometimes it's only a page, but it, it, and it's really cute. And you would love that, Suzanne. You would, you would love seeing some of those because they are darling. I'm having trouble not clapping and cheering. <laughs> I absolutely... Well, I should have sent you a copy. <laughs> I thought one called Alaska Animal Life, and that's the one that we did um, in Eagle Nest Elementary School. And I'm going to go back there in January. They have fabulous teachers, absolutely. And you being a past teacher, and I also taught years ago, but, I mean, teachers are so good uh, and and they need they need more credit for all the things that they accomplish, and that's what that's what makes it fun too, um, because we actually I take the children on the very first day when I go, and because of my docent experience with the visuals, so I'm taking the artistic view and the author view and trying and putting them together. If you want to be honest, truth, and so I may walk into the classroom and I, and I will say, okay, tell me a story right now. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? We use the census, et cetera. So that's kind of how we start out. I hope that some of the people who are listening have just gotten some ideas because what you are doing is absolutely wonderful. And here's something else that I'm sure you've thought of this, but you may be planting a seed with these kinds of activities in an author of the future. By doing this and at a young age, you know, when we're in the, you know, first, second, third grade, we'll try things. As we get older, sometimes we become more hesitant because we're not so sure that we can do this anymore. But when we're in the first, second, third grade, we'll try things. And I love what you're doing. Have you connected this with some of the famous artwork that are that happen to be paintings of dogs? Have you done anything like that with the kids? I have not that in particular, quite honestly, but that is a wonderful idea. I do, we do have, I do have some paintings here of uh, artists that did animals and that, that, that would, that would connect it. That definitely would. Um, and all the animals, you know, it really does kind of connect what and and what else it does, and that was a very good point, Suzanne, that you made. Um, what it also does is that when I leave on the day that I leave, and this year I'll we'll we'll be wearing masks, of course. Um, two years ago, we didn't have the COVID, so we didn't wear the mask. But when I would go into the classroom, and they would come up and run run up and hug you. You know, it's like you know you're hoping that I want to inspire this child to want to read. That is the most important thing they can do, the iPads and all these other things. That's fine. Technology is great. But to actually read a book, to turn the pages, um, to feel like they're inside the book, because I can put them in the book just like I can put them in the painting. And, And I think you're, you know, they're so creative, like you said. Um, we did it for second graders, and that takes a little more time because they're they're learning to write, obviously, and, and they'll make mistakes. But I always told them, just write down what you think first, and then we'll go back and work on structure. Um, and that and that that really helps too. So. Oh. Linda, this is so exciting. You and I could just sit here and talk about this all day. We have to. <laughs> 
<laughs> we have to let our <laughs> listeners know where they can find these wonderful books. Now, oh, bless your heart. <laughs> oh, okay. gee, I know. We've really gotten started. It's just, I am so excited about what you're doing. I just, I, I never expected to have this kind of conversation with you today. And I'm just, I can't tell you how pleased I am for these children. And I hope that somebody who hears this uses these wonderful ideas that you have. And I hope that they'll go to your website and, and contact you and say, you know, how are you doing this? Let's let our listeners know where they can find the book. Now, it's it's so easy. It's on Amazon. If you've never Absolutely. if you've never used Amazon, all you have to do is put Amazon in that search feature, click on it, and you'll come up to this page that has all this stuff on it. I remember the first time I went to Amazon, I thought, whoa, what is all this? Look for a big, long rectangular search box. And in that search box, here's what you put. Type in Hickory, H-I-C-K-O-R-Y, Hickory Docs, D-O-C, apostrophe S, Tales, T-A-L-E-S, colon, The Pack, dash, First Generation, by Linda, L-I-N-D-A, Harkey. H-A-R-K-E-Y. Click, and the book comes right up. You'll see those adorable dogs' faces on the front of the book. And in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see the words, click here. If you click on those two words, the book electronically opens, and you'll be able to read a little bit of the book. And it's a really nice excerpt. It'll pull you right in. You're introduced to Doc, and you're introduced to Zeke right there, and you hear about some of the other dogs. They're about to go on a hunting trip that doesn't go well. <laughs> it's, it's really fun. Yeah, you pulled me right in with that. Um, you can buy it right there on that page. And I think it's available in some other places, Linda. If somebody doesn't want to, to get it from Amazon, where else might they find it? They can find it on my website, Suzanne, and that's www.harkybooks.com. And when you go into that, uh, it talks about about the books, it will tell you each one of them, give you a little excerpt on each one of them, and the different um, contests or awards that I've won on them. And then you've got a portion that also says about Linda Harkey. It tells a little bit about myself and the books um, that I've published. And then you can go in and meet the pack, and it will give a little excerpt on each of them, like Doc and Zeke and and Willie and the, and the great one, who, who was the hunter. And then the food giver, of course, would be the hunter's wife, the one that gives him the food, and some, and some of the other animals. And that's, that is a good place to go on, because when you go in there, you can buy it either on Amazon or on Archway Publishing, which is uh, my publisher. Let's give them a little teaser, Linda. Would you read them just a little bit of the book? Yes. Um, on, on the first book, Hickory Docks Tales, the pack, uh, first generation, um, at the very back, there's a story called The Upside Down Owl. And what I'm going to read is just a little excerpt of, of it. Um, and it starts with, and I always put headings in this so that the children could learn the chapter books, 
um, a little bit more about each of the headings inside of the books so that they're more familiar with what's going to come up. And this one's called The Great Hornell Gets a Name. And this is Doc talking because Doc narrates the book. I kept thinking about what Al said about wanting a name. Now that our predicament concerning Al and the swing set was solved, and they figured out why he was upside down, we could concentrate on a name for him. Rush, Nude, and I, and Nude is is the lab in this. Rush is Doc's um, son, by the way. Rush, Nude, and I met around the walnut tree trunk to have a naming rights meeting. Since I was the oldest and wisest, I sat on the stump. I barked. Al doesn't have any people to name him. So it's up to us to find a good name for him. We should name him something that is personal only to Al. We all thought and thought. Finally, I barked, what about Sneezy? That's a perfect name for Al since he sneezes all the time. And by the way, Al did sneeze all the time. He was allergic to people. Raise your right front paw if you agree. Everyone agreed. Sneezy likes his name. He doesn't have any more troubles on the swing set. Before a sneeze, he flies to the garden, where he now spends so much time that the animals and insects stay away. Rush, Newt, and I scratch downwind as much as possible. They both think I'm pretty smart since I solve Sneezy's problem. I continue to compliment Sneezy on taking care of the garden. Our people continue looking for answers to the mystery of the missing tomatoes. And I still sneak a ripe red tomato or two and wait patiently for hunting season. The end. I love it. Sneezy the owl. I love it. Linda, are you doing any of the social media? I think you're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Is that right? Yes. And you can go on there uh, with the with the tag or what, whatever you want to call that, at Harky Books. And yes, I'm on that. And I'm also, and I didn't tell you this, Suzanne, but I'm writing a column once a month for Story Monsters, Inc. And that is a teachers and librarians uh, and students magazine. And it's, uh, that's a lot of fun to do because I use one of my books called Doc's Dog Days, which is an activity book for children. And they can finish uh, each of those stories. I've got like a 20 to 25 of them. And it's, it shows an illustration of the, of the pack. Uh, and it also has a short story on it. And then the students are supposed to finish that with a paragraph or two. So I started that back in August or September. And I, and I love doing that. that. That's a lot of fun. Can they go to that website to access that? Um, on the, uh, yeah, Story Monsters, Inc. I think you can, Suzanne. Now you've caught me off guard. Cause Sorry. I, it's called Story Monsters, Inc. And I know it, it's probably just storymonstersinc.com or something like that. And they'll have the different, um, uh, the, the magazines per each one a month, each, each, um, what do I call it? issue a month. It's what it amounts to. Such a great idea. I love it. You and I could talk on and on and on. We have just had so much fun, and I love what you're doing so much. We're out of time, and I want to let you answer one last question. I think you've really already put this into perspective, but I'd like for you to do a little summary. 
when the listeners purchase copies of the books and they either read the copy of the book with the child, if you're a parent and you do nighttime reading or you have a reading corner or a reading hour, or if you're a grandparent and you just like to read to your grandchildren, or if you're just a, a, a kid and you can read these books yourself. When they read through the book, we've talked about life lessons that you've built into the book. What is a bottom line for you, Linda, when a kid or a parent or the kids and parents together read the books? What do you want them to leave with? It's going to be a story about wonderful dogs out of Hickory Dock's Tales, but I know that you want them to leave with more than that. I think what I would like each child to leave with is the feeling that they can also be creative and write stories, but that they've learned something about family, uh, uh, all of the life lessons, uh, anything about what is going on in their life, and how they can sit down and write also. And they can be inspired with their animals. And I would love it. And I'm serious about this, Suzanne. I'd love it if they would write back to me um, and let me know how they liked the book and something about them or uh, their animals. And I did that with a school someplace in Virginia. Um, and I have, I mean, they did this. Uh, and that was that was so much fun because I received two or three letters. My website on that uh, on the Harky Books, it would be better if they emailed me to my email address, and that is Linda Harkey at sbcglobal.net if they want to, and I would love it. Linda, you are just doing some extraordinary things. I can't believe we've talked so long and had so much fun. Keep up the good work. This has just been so much fun. It also occurred to me that because you have a pack of eight dogs, you have a group of personalities that have to get along with one another. And that's another thing that occurred to me that is in the book, is how these different personalities interface with one another, work together, don't get along, solve the problems that they have. I just think you've done such a wonderful job with this. Thank you so very much for being my guest on Books on Air. It's just been a pleasure. Bless you, and thank you, Suzanne. And you spoke eloquently at the end. I love that. And that's, that's exactly what I want my books to do. So thank you. My pleasure. Now remember, you can find Hickory Docks Tales, the pack, first generation, on Amazon. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast, brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope that you'll join us for the next Books on Air podcast, because remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. So thank you so very much for listening.